Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the studios of KLA HD2 106.1 as this is Crystal Speak Sports, the St. Ambrose University Sports Radio Show, and I'm your host, Ryan Schistel. Today is Thursday, September 7th, 2023, and it was a nice cooler day around the Quad Cities area and here on the campus of St. Ambrose University. One of those days where, you know, really you could wear just about anything you want, and that's exactly what I like. Uh, you know, I wore a nice long sleeve and shorts, felt perfect, and this is fall weather, this is football weather, and, you know, as we near closer to the start of the NFL season, which actually begins tonight with the Lions and the Chiefs at 7.20 Central Time, uh, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great show that we've got here today for Schistel Speak Sports. Uh, you know, fall sports are officially underway here at St. Ambrose and it's been very busy this past week and in this upcoming week. So let's jump right into the action, starting it out with St. Ambrose soccer. The men's soccer team has not started off the way SAU would like. In their first game of the season, the Bees would fall to Upper Iowa by a score of 5-1. to one. Eli Elliott would score the first goal of the game and the lone goal for the Bees in the 56th minute, but then the Peacocks would go on to score five unanswered goals as the defense really just crumbled once the Bees took a lead. The Bees then returned back to Davenport for their home opener yesterday against Mount Mercy from the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex. This game would also not go in favor of the Bees as they dropped the match by a score of 8 to nothing. so... Really, both of these games that the Bees have played for men's soccer have been very lopsided scores. And just looking at the box score from yesterday's 8 to nothing game, it was not very good. I mean, you know, Mount Mercy plays two goalies, and neither goalie even has a shot on goal faced. So a very easy day for Mount Mercy whereas the Bees have to face 12 total shots on goal with their two goalies, and they give up those eight goals, only saving four. Uh, Zach Bauer is credited with the loss in goal. He moves to 0-2 on the year. And just looking at this scoring summary, uh, you could tell kind of fast that this game was going to be over. I mean, it was 4 to nothing at halftime, then 8 to nothing for the total. So two, or I'm sorry, four goals total uh, in each half for Mount Mercy. Two goals in the 20th minute, well, really 23rd and 24th, the goal in the 31st, and a goal in the 42nd minute in the first half, and then goals in the 54th, 63rd, 80th, and 84th minute for Mount Mercy really got things going. Mount Mercy took a total of 20 shots on the day, 13 in the first half, 7 in the second, whereas the Bees could only muster up 7 total shots, 3 in the first, 4 in the second, and as we kind of talked about earlier on, no shots on goal for the Bees. Looking at the women's soccer team, uh, fortunes are slightly higher, but still not the best. Uh, As discussed in last week's episode, the Bees started their season out with two losses. The women's Bees team moved on to 0-3 on the year Saturday, losing to number 8 Aquinas, Michigan by a score of 4-1. In that game for the Bees, it was Mary Evans who was credited with the lone goal for the Bees. 
as she netted the goal in the 19th minute of play. Then on Wednesday or yesterday, the Bees picked up their first win against Grandview by a score of 1 to nothing. Caitlin Brunson was the lone scorer netting an unassisted goal in the 22nd minute of the game. In goal for the Bees was Rachel Willette, but her day was quite easy. She didn't face one shot on goal in all 90 minutes of play. Looking at that game in the 1-0 final against Grandview, like I talked about, Rachel Willette gets the win, and you know she faced no shots on goal in total. Grandview only mustered up two shots, one in each half. The Bees took nine total shots, five in the first, four in the second, and then obviously in that 22nd minute, Caitlin Brunson, like I talked about just a minute ago, with the unassisted goal. Uh, Maya Fritz, the goalie for Grandview, took four shots on goal. Uh, she gave up that one and did save three, so really not the worst in the world. Uh, the Bees also did get two yellow cards, both in the 72nd minute. Uh, that was Grace Kuchar and Mary Evans who took yellow cards. So really, you know, neither team off to the greatest start. Uh, the Bees men's team still winless on the year. The women's team moves to... One in three, both teams really hoping to turn it around. And they have some chances to do that. Now looking at the men's bees team for this upcoming week, the 0-2 bees look to bounce back with two games. Their first game will be this Saturday in Muscatine against Waldorf at 6 o'clock p.m. for the Hag Memorial game. Then the bees will take on Hannibal LaGrange at 5 o'clock from St. Vincent's. Uh, I'll have scores and stats for those two games in next week's episode. Good luck to the men's team as, you know, they look to at least move to 500 on the year. I'm sure, if anything, they'd just like to get that first win under their belt and try to turn this thing around because, as I talked about in the first episode of Schistel Speak Sports for this school year uh, last week, the Bees men's team did not play very well last year either. They had a losing record when it was all said and done. So they'd really like to turn it around fast and try to build upon a couple wins and get some momentum going because they're one of those teams that, you know, they could really use it. And then for the women's soccer team, the last year was actually very successful for them. 13 wins, 4 losses, and 3 ties overall, 10-1-2 in the conference. So a start of 1-3 is not what the Bees are looking for in the slightest. They are especially a team that would like to turn it around and they actually only have one game this weekend. Uh, they will be playing Saturday at 8 o'clock p.m. in Muscatine for, once again, the Hag Memorial game. Uh, the Bees women's team will be playing Culver Stockton out of Missouri. Uh, Mistock, uh, Culver Stockton is a team that the Bees are quite familiar with. Last year, their game ended in a tie at zero apiece, uh, and that game was played in Canton, Missouri, so the Bees looking to kind of turn it around, get some more fans out to their game since the team from Missouri in Culver Stockton will have to travel to Iowa now instead of the Bees traveling to Missouri. So very excited to see how those games go. And like I said, just hopefully both teams can really turn it around and turn it around pretty fast. But once again, good luck to both of those Bees teams. And like I said a little bit earlier on, I'll have more uh, scores and stats in next week's episode from those games. 
Now in the world of SAU golf, both B's teams competed in the Highland Championships from Rock Island. For the men's golf team, it was a third-place finish out of 16 teams competing. The Bees were 24 shots behind the champions in Milliken. Dylan McAleer and Carson Thice uh, tied for eighth place in the event, shooting a total of 147 strokes in the championships. Like the men's team, the women's team took third out of 12 teams competing. As a team, the Bees used up 660 strokes, 55 shots behind the champions in Augustana. Senior Catherine Spear led the way for the Bees, placing fourth individually, just shot 14 shots behind the leader. Joining Spear in the top 10 was Amara Lytle, who tied for 10th with a total of 164 strokes. Both Bees teams will now be hitting the road, making the hour-and-a-half drive northwest to Hunter's Ridge Golf Course in Marion, Iowa. Both Bees teams will be competing in the Mount Mercy Fall Invitational as they look to come back victorious. And I think that this is definitely an event that both Bees teams can go to and bring back some hardware. Um, you know, last year was great for both teams. A lot of first place finishes, a lot of top 10 finishes, but definitely just a lot of, you know, quote unquote podium finishes in that one, two, or three spot. Uh, the men's team also had their fair share of fourth and fifth place finishes. And I think that really boosted their confidence heading into the spring season. The team for the men actually played at Hunter's Ridge last year in the Cloak Family Classic where they had taken fourth out of 10. So they do have some experience out on the golf course at Hunter's Ridge. And then for the women's, you know, just another really strong start to the season, taking third place. They started last season off with a third place finish as well. And then like the men's team, they took fourth out of 12 from Hunter's Ridge in Marion, Iowa last year. So We'll see if the Bees can uh, either repeat and have two fourth-place finishes, but obviously, hopefully, they do a little bit better this time, come in top three, and really just bring home a big win for both the men's and women's golf team. Both of these teams, as I had talked about last week, just filled with such talent, uh, both individually and as a team, to where it's become pretty fun to talk about the golf teams here because they're constantly winning. They're constantly, you know, having individuals finish in the top 10, top five, first place, second place to where it's just become really one of the more fun sports that I get to talk about here on Schistel Speaks Sports. Looking at tennis now before the commercial break, the tennis team here at SAU, starting out with the men's, they are currently 0-1 on the year. The Bees played Missouri Baptist on September 1st. It was a 7 to nothing loss against the Spartans of Missouri Baptist. And looking ahead for their seasons, the Bees had a scrimmage, or really an exhibition, I guess you should call it, against Lewis and Clark from St. Louis, Missouri. There are no scores posted due to it only being an exhibition. But the Bees have a couple matches coming up for the men's tennis team this weekend. Uh, tomorrow, Friday, September 8th, 
at 3 o'clock p.m., the Bees will take on Monmouth from Monmouth, Illinois. And then on the 9th, Saturday at 10 o'clock a.m., the Bees take on Loris here in Davenport. Uh, Loris and St. Ambrose, not necessarily, I guess you could say, really rivals overall, but we always joke around at KALA that it's a little rivalry just for the fun of it because those two schools used to play each other a lot. So a little start to the quote-unquote rivalry between St. Ambrose and Loris in men's tennis. The men's tennis team did not do very well last year. Um, They are definitely looking to bounce back this year, and so is the women's tennis team. The women's tennis team, also 0-1 on the year, they fell to Wartburg in Waverly, Iowa, 8-1 last Saturday, September 2nd. And then their second match against Grandview on the second was canceled. So coming up once again, just like the men's tennis team, uh, on Friday, September 8th at 3 p.m., it's at Monmouth in Monmouth, Illinois. And then again on the 9th, so this Saturday at 10 a.m., here in Davenport, the Bees take on Loris. So that's going to do it for the first half of this week's episode of Schistel Speak Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Schistel. Coming up after this quick commercial break, I'll be trading in the soccer pitch, the golf course, and the tennis courts for the volleyball court and the football field. Just like this first half, the second half is full of a good amount of action between volleyball and football. So make sure you stay right here because this is the place to be on your Thursday night. You're listening to Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1. Alvin and the Chipmunks love to eat. Who's hungry? But even though you can't see or smell it, bacteria can hide in food and make you ill. That's not good. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. But you can keep bacteria from ruining your day with four simple steps. We got this. This will be a walk in the park. Clean. Wash your hands and surfaces often. We chipmunks are notoriously tidy. Separate. Keep raw meats, poultry, and seafood separate from ready-to-eat foods. Watch and learn, my friends. Cook. Make sure an adult uses a thermometer to cook meat, poultry, and seafood to the right temperature. Fire in the hole! And chill. Refrigerate promptly and pack your lunch with a freezer pack or ice. Bingo! Dinner! She's a serve! Keep your family safe and check your steps at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. The road trip to food safety starts at foodsafety.gov. Find out what song is airing on KALA now or a song that recently aired. It's all at the KALA website. Find out the artist, song title, and album source. It's on the KALA website. Find out what's playing on 88.5 FM, 106.1 FM, and The Stinger now at KALAFM.org. That's KALAFM.org. What do our fans love about KALA? We met up with some at a local jazz show to find out. What is it that you like about the station? Well, how much time do you have? Best in gospel, best in R&B, best in hip hop, uh, and we do uh, Southern Soul, blues, the whole gamut. I like like music, period. 
So KLA has, has that variety that, that really kind of hits me. I love the gospel. KALA Radio, one of a kind, just like you. Today's hit music. It's on The Stinger. The Stinger is more than music. You can binge on your favorite KALA podcast series. Take us along anywhere you go on any device. Find The Stinger now at tunein.com. Search for The Stinger, operated by KALA 88.5 FM. The Stinger. Today's hit music. University Sports, KALA Davenport. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the studios of KALA HD2 106.1. This is the second half of the St. Ambrose University Sports radio show, Schistel Speaks Sports, and I'm your host, Ryan Schistel. In the first half of tonight's episode, if you're just joining us, I talked about the young seasons for both the SAU golf, soccer, and tennis teams. Now in the back half of the episode, it's women's volleyball and football is the main talking points. Maybe a little bit extra if there's more to talk about. But let's kick things off for right now on the volleyball court for the women's volleyball team. At last week's episode, the volleyball team sat with a 2-2 two two record on the year. The team has kept strong play, moving their record to 4-5, and five, just below the 500 mark. And I know when I say strong play, a lot of people are probably expecting a bit more wins instead of going 2-3 and three on the week. But the Bees did play some very strong competition, as you're about to hear. Over the weekend, the Bees competed in the William Penn Tournament from Oskaloosa. The Bees started the tournament off 0-1 after dropping the first match three games to one against the hosts in William Penn. Fortunes would turn around, however, as the Bees would complete the sweeps of both Graceland and Clark, so Fortunes turned upwards for the Bees. However, in the fourth and final match of the tournament, luck would run out against Waldorf. The Bees would battle back and forth with Waldorf, after losing the first game of the match, the Bees would take the second and fourth, losing the third. So knotted up at two games apiece, the Bees would narrowly drop the deciding game five by a narrow score of 16-14. to 14. So just a battle back and forth between the Fighting Bees and Waldorf throughout the whole entire match. That's one of probably the most exciting volleyball games I've ever seen just a score of. It's one of those games that... I wish the Bees were playing that game here because I think that Lee Loman Arena, where the Bees call home, would be absolutely electric with the crowd and just with such a tight-scoring game, especially near the finish. Yes, it doesn't go the Bees' way, but that's probably a good energy boost for this crowd 
when the Bees return home because that shows, hey, the Bees can keep every game close, win or lose. And really, when they win, the Bees have been able to win in a lot of big-time games. I mean, this was a team that made the NAIA National Tournament last year, so they know what they're doing when it comes to winning, and they've been able to prove that in past years. And, you know, again, like I say, they're 4-5 and five now, but I think that this team can turn it around, and if they do, watch out for the rest of the teams on the schedule because the Bees are a team that if they get hot, you are not a team that wants to play them. So post-tournament, the Bees travel to Elgin, Illinois to take on the Eagles of Judson. After taking Game 1 by a score of 26-24, to the Bees would drop the next three by scores of 25-20, to and then Games 3 and 4 ended both with a score of 25-22. to Mackenzie Grafton led the Bees in kills, totaling 13. So, like I said, you know, this is a team that can get hot, and they can get hot extremely fast, so... If I were, you know, Bees fans, especially women's volleyball fans, I would not be all too worried about, you know, how this team is going to play and how this game is going to go because I think they're going to be perfectly fine. The Bees are playing Indiana University South Bend uh, tonight. The game was supposed to start at 6 p.m. I was really hoping to get, you know, kind of an updated score however it doesn't seem like that is the case because neither IU South Bend or the Fighting Bees website currently have any scores available but that game is happening tonight I think right now because it said start at 6 p.m. and we're almost an hour in but we'll have to see that game is being played at the Student Activities Center in South Bend, Indiana. So good luck to the Fighting Bees in their game tonight. It is kind of disappointing that, you know, I didn't at least get a chance to update, but never fear, I will have the score and stats from that game in next week's episode. After tonight's game, the Bees will have four matches over the weekend in the Indiana Tech Tournament from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Then the team returns home on Tuesday for a matchup with St. Francis of Illinois at 7 o'clock p.m. to open up home conference play. Following that, the Bees will take, the, will take on Clark from Dubuque on Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m. So I will have all of these scores and updates from this bundle of matches next week, all seven of them, including tonight's. So good luck to the Bees in this week's just unbelievable amount of play. So the last sport I'm going to be talking about for tonight's episode is the Fighting Bee football team. And the Fighting Bees dropped their game against UW Stout, the Blue Devils, by a score of 35-7, spoiling the inaugural SAU football game at Jack and Pat Bush Stadium, the new home of the Fighting Bees. It overall was not a great game for the Bees as they just had a total of 200 yards of offense, which... You know, that's not great. That normally won't be enough to win you a football game. Uh, And good news from this game, though, I guess if you want to talk individually, Yemi Ward, the senior wide receiver, pulled in his fifth touchdown of the year on a touchdown pass from Joey Sprankle. Yemi, the senior, is kind of nearing record books here at St. Ambrose, and I know that's not something probably that's on his mind. It's more so just winning the games. 
but it is kind of cool as someone who broadcasts St. Ambrose to kind of keep track of. So he came into the season ranked third in career touchdown receptions at SAU with 23, and now sitting at 28, he is still in third, but he's merely five touchdowns behind Michael Hayward and six touchdowns behind the current record holder and Brad Connor. So, you know, hopefully Yemi can score a touchdown or two in this week's game, and we can kind of keep checking off touchdowns from the list and see if Yemi can, you know, correct the top two, maybe hold the record when it's all said and done in his career at St. Ambrose for touchdown receptions in a career. Looking at the game this week for the Bees, the Bees trade in their Division Three opponent of UW Stout, and they move up a little bit to Division Two. This Saturday, September 9th at 3 o'clock p.m., the Bees are traveling to Upper Iowa and Fayette, Iowa for what could be a very good matchup. I mean, Upper Iowa only has five wins in the past five years of their football season, so that is kind of some hope for the Bees, I would say, and Wisconsin State was a very good team. Um, I feel like there's no better way to put it than that. Yes, you know, you hear 35-7, you hear the Bees only have 200 yards of total offense. I think technically it was 206, but, you know, nevertheless, Wisconsin Stout is a very good football team. That whole conference and the WIAC filled with a bunch of just Wisconsin schools at the Division Three level is always very tough to play in. And if it's tough to play in, you have to have a good team to compete. That's what Stout normally does. So I'm not going to look too much in that game. I'll pull up the stats for it, though. Um, and we'll just go over a few different things here. So looking at first downs, the Bees had 15 first downs, nine rushing, five passing, and one off of a penalty. But one thing that really struck me was the third down efficiency. Bees were only 31% on third down, 5 of 16, and it just wasn't great. The Bees threw two interceptions on 134 passing yards, only had 72 rushing yards, and they had nine penalties for 91 yards. So just these self-inflicted wounds for the Bees in past years have hurt the Bees in games, and that's why the Bees uh, past couple seasons have not gone extremely well record-wise. And looking individually, uh, passing-wise for the Bees, Tom Casey, 8 for 11, passing with 70 yards and two interceptions. Joey Sprinkle would come in after that performance. He went 6 for 11 passing with only 64 yards and that touchdown to Yemi Ward. Caden King is going to be a workhorse for this offense, man. I mean, they he was a workhorse last year for the Bees, and I think it's going to happen again this year, this week. He takes a majority of the carries week in, week out. Uh, 16 carries, 55 yards, a long of eight. So not great stats out of Caden this week. But once again, Stout, very good. Their defensive line was huge. Um, and I do think it's going to be nice that Caden is going to get some help this year with Nolan Bielskis and Jeffrey Elms. Bielskis was mainly a wide receiver last year for the Bees, but kind of transitioned into the running back to give Caden some help. Elms is a sophomore this year. And he has looked pretty promising. Four carries, 10 yards. But all those 10 yards, I, it felt like Elms would get hit right at the line of scrimmage and would just keep the feet moving. His longest run was only five yards, but I strictly remember that play. I think he probably had three or four guys trying to drag him down, and he just kept the feet moving and really took off with it. So overall, not the best game for the Bees, but it's going to be 
a fine season. I really think it is. I said that after week one, when the Bees narrowly lost to Taylor, I said I have hope for this team. I still have hope for this team. I think that the Bees are going... I, I think the Bees can win this game. I'll say it right now. A Division two school, I think it's going to be hard, but I think the Bees have a chance of winning this game. And they just have a very hard stretch coming up. And really, especially when you hit conference play, every game is going to be tough because these schools are playing each other year in, year out. But, I mean, even this out-of-conference uh, schedule for the Bees this year, Taylor is a very hard team every year to play in the NAIA. Wisconsin Stout, a D3 school. Upper Iowa, a D2 school. And then next week at Siena Heights in Michigan. And, again, Siena Heights, a very good NAIA program. Some consider them one of the best historically. So it's going to be very fun to see how these next couple of games go. For those of you interested, the Bees game at Upper Iowa this Saturday at 3 o'clock p.m. will be broadcasted here on KALA HD2 106.1. It'll be myself traveling to the game with David Meyer. We take the bus with the team because the coaches are absolutely unbelievable to us and let us travel with them to just about every game. I don't think I've ever been told no when I contact coaches about this. And it is something that I truly appreciate because, I mean, these coaches could so easily just say, nah, you know, we don't want you to come. And that's just never been the case. So, again, thank you to the coaches for that. And coming into this game, yes, the Bees are 0-2, but the Peacocks of Upper Iowa are 0-1. They're coming off of a 43-20 loss. So they did not play all too well, obviously, either. Looking at some of their stats, you know, I'm not going to read them out, but when I was doing a little research earlier on, it didn't look great. I mean, they definitely had some flashes, and they got a few really good guys at the D2 level there, but I do. I think this is a game the Bees can win, and we're going to have to wait and see what it looks like on Saturday. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Schistel Speak Sports here on KALA HD2 106.1. I've been your host, Ryan Schistel. As always, past episodes of this program can be found on KALA streaming sites such as Spotify. Just look up Schistel Speak Sports. For those of you who don't know how to spell my last name, it is S-C-H-I-E-S-T-E-L. Also, don't forget to tune in this Saturday as the Fighting Bees take on the Peacocks at 3 o'clock p.m. Both teams going for their first win of the season. You can catch that action here on KALA HD2. 106.1 with coverage starting just a little bit before the 3 o'clock kickoff. Once again, I'm Ryan Schistel, and this has been Schistel Speak Sports on KALA. As always, enjoy the rest of your Thursday, and go Bees! Can we go back? This is the moment, tonight is the night.